Hello and welcome to another episode of Market Lane's Coffee Podcast. My name is Einar and today I'm meeting up with Jason to talk about a new filter roast called Pedro Flores. Some of you might have known Pedro Flores from last year when we had it also as a filter, but Jason, can you tell us quickly about the relationship with this coffee? Yes, so I've been lucky enough to visit Pedro's farm in Bolivia uh, before. So I went with Toshi in 2017 and met with Pedro and talked about his farm. At that stage, he had just planted out a large new section of his farm. And uh, this is part of the lot that we have bought from him this year. We have had Pedro's coffee in the past at Market Lane. In 2019, we bought the last lot from him. Melbourne Coffee Merchants have bought his coffee, I think in 2018 as well, but we've had it twice twice in the past. So Pedro Flores uh, has uh, quite a unique story for a coffee farmer. What's his background and what is he like? Well, like a few producers in the area, his family was gifted the farm by the government in the early 90s. And this followed a mining crisis that happened in Bolivia in 1985 when the price of commodities fell through the floor and the government was looking for ways to help people make an income, uh, diversify their economy and uh, also increase employment. So one of the strategies was to gift families, city families, some currently unproductive land and encourage them to farm and produce goods for export, but also goods for their own consumption. So Pedro Flores's family moved from the La Paz region out to Caranavi when he was just uh, six years old. And they started producing things like bananas, plantains, potatoes, things like that. Pedro inherited the farm from his family when he was just 14 years old and he began farming coffee when he was 18. So he started very, very young. And as a person, I guess he's, he's very focused on, on quality, producing a really good quality coffee for, for export. And he's really motivated to see things like photos of the coffee bags that we, we produce. Uh, he's also motivated to hear that our customers really enjoy drinking his coffee and that it's made it all the way across the world to, to Australia. And on his farm, he currently grows uh, Katura and Katwe. They actually specify that it's both yellow and red, but I'm not sure if we specify that on the, the postcard or on the bag of coffee either. Like a lot of coffees from Bolivia, this is also a wash process. So he will take his cherries from his farm from the Villa Rosario region, take them by taxi or truck down to the, the mill at Buena Vista. Coffee will be pulped. After it's been pulped, it's fermented with water for about 20 hours. And then it's taken out to, to a stationary dry which is like a, a large metal pallet size thing with high sides and there's a hot air sort of force from the underside of the, the container and that dries the coffee over about uh, 50 or 60 hours. And I call this a stationary dryer. It is it is technically a mechanical dryer but most mechanical dryers look more like big drum roasters and this is just like a, yeah, a big square box. The tasting notes on the bag for this coffee are red apple with nectarine and peach tea. Mm-hmm. So these are some of the notes we found from the, the landed cupping and we sampled the rest of the coffee and did a few more tastings of it to get to the tasting notes. But obviously there are a lot more notes or flavors you can find in the coffee. Uh, I printed some out from the landed cupping we did. I'll just read a few of them out because it, I think it gives it a little bit more context. So there were a buttery, nice mouthfeel, sort of lifted, juicy, soft floral, lemon, peach, hazelnut, caramel. Uh, so you can see there's a, a range of different flavors from fruity notes that would go from sort of like a tart stone fruit to more of a citrus flavor. The 
caramel and sort of the toasted notes would be anything from milk chocolate, hazelnut, caramel. Obviously, the consistent thing is also the uh, the mouthfeel, which is very soft, uh, silky, a nice mouthfeel. I think when someone asks you what it tastes like, you can definitely use the, the notes that are on the bag, but you can also extrapolate a little bit or talk about one part of the coffee taste or mouthfeel that you enjoy. But yeah, the, the tasting notes on the bag are, are basically there to entice someone to taste it and in my opinion, give a good reflection of what it will taste like. And how does it compare to other coffees on the shelf? Compared to most of the other coffees, it will be quite a bit milder, uh, especially compared to the Rwandan coffees that we have. Rwandan coffees will have a much stronger acidity, but will actually have a lot more presence in the cup. So they have a lot more, I guess, just flavor overall coming through. Compared to the Brazilians, the Bolivian coffees will have quite a bit more acidity. So more of that nectarine or the stone fruit acidity coming through. Uh, so it will taste you know, more balanced, sort of more present as well. And what about the retail price and cup price? And how long will we have this coffee on for? So the retail price for a 250 gram bag is $24. And the cup price is $7 per cup. The higher price reflects what we paid for the coffee. So most coffees from Bolivia are more expensive. And this is because they're, they're quite a bit more expensive to produce than coffees from, say, Rwanda, Ethiopia or Brazil. So Bolivian coffees are quite special to Market Lane. Can you tell us a little bit more about how we buy coffee from Bolivia? Sure. So in Bolivia, we work with just one exporter. The company name is AgriCafe, and the name of the mill that we generally refer to is Buena Vista. Uh, Buena Vista are based both in Caranavi and in Santa Cruz, in Samaipata, but mostly the, the larger side of the operation is in Caranavi. And how we buy from them, basically uh, very early on, say in October or November, we would put in uh, some requests or let them know what our intentions are for purchasing. And that would be basically a list of sort of like a wish list, what we what we want for what MCM wants for their customers, what Market Lane wants for, for ourselves. And it's especially important for larger lines like the, say the El Fuerte, for example, that we're going to have in our seasonal espresso coming up. It's such a large quantity of that. They really need to know well in advance to, to prepare it all for us. They also use this uh, letter of intention for things like financing so they can take this letter to the bank and use it to to borrow money to finance some of the agriculture activities that they need money for uh, so once they have that then they'll either send us samples when the coffee is ready so in uh, august or september we'll either travel to bolivia to taste the coffee or as we've done recently they'll send samples out and the samples will be you know hopefully everything that we've asked for but they'll also often have coffees that that are new or that we haven't had before or that they think we might be interested in and we'll taste samples of that as well. And then we try and buy coffees that we have had in the past. And the reason for that is we think that the continuity year to year is really, really important. So having a, especially a single farmer know that we're gonna continue to purchase their coffee, not only for you know the current season, but for, for many seasons after that, I think really builds the relationship and builds the, the continuity for, for them, for their business as well. So we try and prioritize coffees that we've had in the past, but we do also like to look for for new coffees and try and find new things for for our customers so once we're happy with all the tastes we confirm the quantities lock the container in they'll send some more samples when the container is ready to ship we'll call this the pre-shipment samples we confirm those samples that everything is good to go and then the container will leave actually the container will leave from chile so it goes across land from bolivia to chile and then we'll leave from from chile 
Once it's on the water, it takes around 40 days to get to Australia. And then we go through a whole quality control program here as well. Actually, Melbourne Coffee Merchants spends a lot of time tasting the coffee once it's here and feeds that back to producers. And this is really, really important for them. So we, we give them basically like a whole feedback form when the coffee lands, uh, three months after it arrives and also six months after after it arrives. And producers find this really, really helpful because a lot of the time they'll produce coffee, they'll send it in a container and they won't hear from their customer again, you know, or they'll hear from them in one year's time. So for us, we think it's really important to sort of reinforce that uh, we're enjoying the coffee, our customers are enjoying the coffee and, and they've done a, a really nice job for this year. Thank you, Jason. And thank you for everyone that listened to the episode. Uh, we hope you really enjoy drinking Pedro Flores and have a lot of interesting conversations with our customers. Hopefully this helped you to talk more about this coffee. Thank you very much for listening and please do get in touch if you have any questions or feedback. Feedback. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs)